G'day, it's Ben Davis. Thanks for catching up on Mornings here on SENQ. But you know what? You can also catch up some great content with other SEN shows, such as Brekkie with Patty and Heels, The Captain's Run with Cameron Smith and Denon Kemp, all on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But until then, sit back and enjoy and make sure you tell your mates. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. G'day, thanks for taking the blinkers off with me this morning. Another scorcher around the state today, already knocking on the door at 27 degrees. Hot outside, but I do want to turn the heat up today on something that has bugged me for a long, long time. Illicit drug use in sport. If an athlete uses cocaine, they should be banned for two years minimum, right? Too harsh or not enough? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Since you and I last spoke, we've seen AFL's Joel Smith test positive to Coke on match day. On match day. And could miss, wait for it, could miss three months. It's a maximum penalty of four years, but he's likely to get three months. How and why? What type of message does that send, not only to the athletes involved, but also to the wider community? And can you imagine what Peter Bowl and Shana Jack must be thinking? Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. What punishment should athletes get if they are caught using party drugs, or in other words, committing a crime, breaking the law? You tell me. Coming up, sports physician Dr. Peter Larkins. I want to break down some of the issues around party drugs, coke, ecstasy, all, all of the above in sport. I mean, for a start, do, do they enhance your performance? Oh, I actually would have thought it'd be detrimental to it, but then they're a stimulant, aren't they? They're, they're uppers. Do they? Why? Why are they using them? Why? Just why? Why? Uh, we'll get the lowdown from Dr. Peter Larkins. Uh, why are there get out clauses around it? Why are there loopholes around illicit substances and yet not performance-enhancing substances? That's coming up after 10. In the next half hour, I'll be chatting to the country's most informed batsman, and he is a bowler. Queensland all-rounder Michael Nisa. He is in the form of his life, but does it mean he'll get a start this summer? Uh, I don't know what else he has to do to impress national selectors. I mean, he's got to be one of the unluckiest cricketers going around. Well, actually, maybe one of the unluckiest athletes in the country. Where where does his form come from? What has he done to improve his batting to a level where he is leading Sheffield Shield run-scoring mark? Where, where, where has that come from? And it's not just this summer either. I mean, we're, we're talking about back into the English summer as well, where he was making centuries for fun in county cricket. And while he's a top gun on the field, he's also one off it. What was he doing out at RAF Base Ambly yesterday? We'll speak to Ness in the next half hour. Oh, look, I'll be talking to him about the World Cup as well. Are we living under false hope 
as Australian cricket fans right now. I know we're sitting fourth on the ladder at the World Cup. It was only last week. We were last. But how? How are we fourth on the ladder? I mean, our best bowler, the one that's taking all the wickets, has got a busted back. The only players scoring runs are in the top three. And we're about to bring someone in as a great saviour who's got a broken hand. Maybe that's too harsh, but come on. How are we sitting fourth in the World Cup? And are we living under false hope as Australian cricket fans? Our middle order is struggling. I know Marnus is in the gun, but should it be him that drops out of this side for Travis Head coming back? And actually on that, do you change a winning lineup? We've started to hit some form. We've started to hit some straps, although they haven't been against the world's most powerful nations, though, have they? There's a question for you. Do you change a winning lineup? Isn't it one of the unwritten rules in sport that, that you don't change a winning lineup? 13 13 55 04 736 to be part of Queensland Sports' biggest conversation. Queensland's biggest sporting event is on this weekend, the GC500. More people go through the gates at Service Paradise than any other event on our calendar. Are, are you going? If you're from Brisbane, do you make the trek down the M1? to go to the Gold Coast 500? Or is it more the tourists coming from interstate? On the Goldie, if you're listening on 16.20am, is it something that you make a point of going to or running from? We know traffic is a nightmare around that. It's started already on the Gold Coast. But do you go? It's in your backyard. And what about from Brisbane? Do you make that trek down? If there's one supercars event you go to all year, is it this one? Plenty go. We're talking hundreds of thousands. Go through the gate over the weekend. It is Queensland's most popular sporting event by sheer numbers walking through the gate. Uh, We'll be touching base on that. And also the world of V8s is about to change. There are plans to go high tech. There are plans to use technology to solve this parity issue. But will it be in time to save this season? That coming up after midday today. uh, After midday, before midday today, we've also got our sporting quiz. That's at 11. You know the deal. Last man standing. 10 questions if you're answering question 10 correct. You get our Waterloo Bay Hotel voucher dinner. Drinks on us. You choose. That's all coming up over the next big three hours. But first, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. It's a famous tune, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Look, if an athlete uses cocaine, they should be banned for two years, right? If they're caught using cocaine, two-year ban minimum. Or is that too harsh? Maybe in your eyes it's not enough. 13 13 55 736 736. Too harsh. Yeah, bloody oath. But surely it would make them stop and think twice about blowing their career. Well, should the fact that cocaine's illegal be where this sentence stops and starts? I mean, sadly, it doesn't because right now there is no hammer to hit athletes with who use cocaine in professional sport, only a feather boa. And you have a look at some of the names that have been caught, have admitted to it. Reese Walsh, Jack Ginnivan, Kevin Proctor, Joel Smith. These are just a few from the last six days to the last six years. This isn't a new problem, but it needs a new solution. 
Wendell Saylor got a two-year ban, testing positive on a match day to cocaine. That was 17 years ago. Melbourne Demon Joel Smith tested positive on a match day nine weeks ago. And he's looking at three months. Pre-season. Could be back by round one. Wendell Saylor, two years. Joel Smith, three months. That math doesn't add up, does it? So what should the punishment be? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Where's the sweet spot on this? If you were in charge of handing out a punishment, someone who was, let's face it, committing a crime, using something to legal in society, what should their ban be in professional sport? Back in 2006, when Wendell tested positive, his Waratahs coach, Ewan McKenzie, said it's a pretty harsh punishment, just short of a jail sentence. But the punishment fits the crime. Ewan McKenzie, 2006. The punishment fits the crime. And that's something that isn't happening right now, is it? The punishment is not fitting the crime. Not in my eyes anyway. Or or maybe you think two years is too harsh. Maybe you think that the current punishment does fit the crime. It mirrors society, doesn't it? I mean, you don't get locked up for cocaine use, do you? You or I, or I don't know, I don't use it, never have. You get a slap on the wrist, you get a fine, and you move on with your life. Because you're hurting no one but yourself, right? Come on, please. It's a crime in society, and it's a crime within the game. So you need to get punished for it. But these punishments are hardly anything to sneeze at. I mean, you wouldn't even know about these punishments handing down. Jack Ginnivan banned for the first two rounds, just like Bailey Smith. Remember him? Bulldogs. That was, what, 18 months ago, the beginning of AFL season last year. But you know what? They weren't for being found with positive tests to cocaine. That was stuff that they just admitted to because they got busted using it. Not through a test. They just got caught, either on camera Busted in toilets, wherever it was, you name it. So their suspensions were for bringing the game into disrepute, not for testing positive, but admitting using it. Joel Smith tested positive. He he got caught. Game day, just like Wendell. So how does he get three months and not two to four years? I mean, the, the maximum suspension here is four years. Yet he could be facing two, but probably three months. How does that all work? Dr. Peter Larkin, sport physician. He'll swing by after 10 to talk us through it. And I'd love to get his side on things on the performance-enhancing side. I don't know. Is there a performance-enhancing side to using cocaine? I don't know. That's what we'll speak to the doc about. If it is, it's not only a crime they're committing. But they're cheating, right? If it is a performance-enhancing drug. So, again, what should the punishment be? If you were in charge, what would you do? What punishment fits the crime for cocaine use in sport? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. As I said, it was Thursday that we found out about the Demons' positive test, Joel Smith's positive test. And this has been, it's been playing on my mind ever since. Actually, it's 
something I've been thinking about you know, since the beginning of time when it comes to this. I, I just don't get how the punishment doesn't fit the crime. Consider this too. Peter Bowles, Shane and Jack, their lives were all but ruined, destroyed because of their positive results. Not to illicit substances, not to party drugs, but to, well, in Peter Bowles' case, clear, Jane, uh, Shane and Jack's case, the, the amount that was in her system of a supposed performance-enhancing drug could not perform, uh, could not enhance her performance one little bit. Yet their lives were pretty much destroyed. Fighting back now, but the toll it took on them. Reese Walsh, he was suspended for two matches and hit with a $5,000 fine. And now 18 months later, is on a contract that's north of three-quarters of a million dollars. A $5,000 fine. I reckon $5,000. Peter Bowles' lawyer would be on $5,000 a day. Puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Here's the other thing. What example is that setting? Inside the sporting world and outside the sporting world. Inside, it's hardly fair, is it? I mean, it's not a level playing field when it comes to these suspensions. How, how does using a drug that's illegal in society get less of a punishment of one that's not? That's so wrong, isn't it? Outside the sporting world, and for me, this is the most important. What example is it setting? I'll tell you what example it sets. It, it tells the kids, it tells the fans that you can use drugs, get busted, and not really get punished at all. In fact, it's almost like you get rewarded for it. Longbow? Well, have a look. Reese Walsh, he's played Origins, get a contract upgrade. Jesse Bromwich, remember him and Kevin Proctor? They got busted for it. He's now captain of the Dolphins. Bailey Smith, he's a pin-up boy for Cotton On. And Jack Inovan, he's won a grand final, gone to a grand final, won a premiership. So again... What punishment fits the crime? Because right now, it ain't happening. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. 17 minutes past nine, over to you. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sam getting into the theme of things this morning. I said the purple haze, though, and that's obviously to, well, I think that's to do with um, marijuana, right, and cannabis, yeah. I, I would have thought that being a downer, that doesn't enhance performance. So should that be treated differently to other drugs? Uh, 13 13 55 0467 736 736. We'll get to your text calls in just a moment. But the other thing I've neglected to mention is one of the, all-time great stories that is evolving this year, and it's to do with our man, Ange Postacoglu. And and I mentioned our man, Brisbane Raw coach, and Ange we trust, the Orange Army. Oh, he had such a great record. He's got such a great record wherever he goes. And today, this morning, he has created more history. Tottenham Hotspur surging to the top of the Premier League. 2-0 win against Fulham this morning. So it's an unbeaten start to the Premier League. Nine from nine for Ange Postacoglu. Unbelievable scenes in that part of the world. And you've got to think that he he's one of our best sporting exports r- right now. He's got to be the top coach, Australian coach in, in any sport, doesn't he? 
And if not, who is? 13-13-55-046-736-736. He just keeps on flying, Ange. He's got a way about him that the way that the English media Fleet Street have just embraced him, the fans, everyone from Robbie Williams down, they've just embraced Aussie Ange. And you can tell by the way he conducts himself and carries himself. It's not just about football and tactics, but he's bringing everyone along for the ride. And despite the fact that they are flying in the Premier League, he is still, well, he's not satisfied. This is Ange just a short time ago. Oh, they've, they've got the message, mate. Don't worry. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I thought so. Yeah, look, and, and it's not about sort of being, you know, super critical of them because the, the reality is, you know, like I said, the, the, they've, they've done really well so far and I thought off the ball we were still outstanding today, you know, elite, but there's no doubt, you know, there'll be plenty of vision for me to show them with that second half where we just didn't play the football we want to. And as I said, the, <clears throat> I've been around long enough to know the game will will bring you down pretty quickly if you if you go away from those kind of principles now you know the ideal in, in a football world is you want to learn, learn these messages um learn these lessons while you're winning rather than, than than through defeat but just because we won doesn't mean that you should escape you know the opportunity to improve and you know that's what exists for us now <laughs> there we go Ange has got goggly uh yes unbeaten through nine games uh still not happy though which is a good sign right there's a bit of grumpiness about Ange, I would, would have thought there. But that's okay. In my book, he is not content. He could be sitting back, resting on his laurels, but uh-uh, that's not the Ange Postacoglu way. So in his first nine games as an EPL manager, he has now collected more points than anyone else. He's broken the record held by Gus Hiddink and Mike Walker. 23 points, the most points in Premier League history. Through nine games, this is unbelievable stuff. And again, for a first-year coach, first year, it's almost a ride that like Andrew Webster took us on this year for the NRL, wasn't it? And the Warriors. He made a prelim final in his first year as coach. Some of the first-year coaches that have excelled, who comes to mind? I remember Frank Farina in his first year as coach for the Brisbane Strikers. Back in 1997, that was, wasn't it? Yeah. He was captain and coach. Took them to a National Soccer League title. Oh, that game against Sydney United at Lang Park. It was back then. Unbelievable stuff. First-year coaches that have excelled. Ange Postacoglu right now, top of the pops uh, after beating Fulham. On the you know what? I actually switched over, and don't tell Patton Heels this, all right, but I actually switched over on the way into work this morning from them onto the SEN Fanatic app and listens to the end of Tottenham v Fulham. I have not been grabbed by the Premier League, not not since the days of Viduka and Kuehl at Leeds, or even back in the day of Beckham and Scholes and Schmeichel at Man U. What was that, 20 years? Ange Postacoglu has got me back engaged with the Premier League. I haven't really had much time for it since. It's lost me. But now I'm watching, I'm listening. It makes me want to watch it again. Listening on the SEM Fanatic app as well. Now, I, I know he's got a quick turnaround because they've got to play against Crystal Palace on Friday. So what's that, Saturday morning our time? You'll be able to hear that on SEN too. 13 13 Max, uh, good morning to you. He said, Ben, 
first of all, I don't know how all these athletes caught with illicit drugs escape any punishment from the police. Max, spot on. I, I suppose in the court of law, you, you need some sort of evidence, don't you, and proof. Although if you get caught on camera and you admit to it, isn't that proof enough? Guilty as charged, right? Uh, anyway, he goes on to say they get away scot-free, but their suspension should be just as severe as performance-enhancing, if not more. So there we go. That's what Max would do. Max from Kalanga, thank you for your shout-out this morning. If you were in charge, athletes busted using illicit substances. And it doesn't have to be with a positive drug test. I mean, that, that, that's the official way. That comes under WADA. That comes under ASADA. That's where they have to answer questions within their own sporting body and in the sporting realm. The bigger picture stuff, if they're admitting to using it because they've been busted on video, caught with a photo, whatever it may be, and then admit to it, what should happen to them? Uh, Winston, thank you for yours. He said, Benny, I don't know about you, but I'm a bit nervous for the Aussies against the Netherlands tomorrow night. Should we mancad Scott Edwards before he does too much damage? Uh, man cat, hey, there we go. There we go down the lines of last week's topic about the spirit of cricket, that unwritten rule, that unwritten law, the spirit of cricket, and what it means to you. Actually, on that, what was the text message we got last week about unwritten rules in life? Who was that from? Who was that from? Uh, I'm going to go back and have a look at that because I remember. I remember one of the last things I said. <laughs> one of the last things I said before getting off air. Last week was unwritten rules. We've got to go through that. I'll go back and find that text message. Uh, while I do that, let's head to the newsroom. Vanessa sitting by with a news hit. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. He's going around the wicket to that man who has been loving anything short dished up to him. Nice on 62. Oh. Goes again. Does he get him again for the full amount? You better believe it. Perry, you think this would be fuller? No, it was a bit short of a length. And Nisa <laughs> is having a field day. Uh, he's been having a field day all summer, hasn't he? Michael Nisa, he is topping the charts as our leading run scorer in Sheffield Shield. Three innings, 248 runs at an average of 82 plus. And technically, he's not a batsman. I'm pretty sure he classes himself as a bowling all-rounder. We will ask him. And you know what? It's not a stretch to say that he's one of the informed batsmen on the planet. Because in his last eight games, outside of the one-dayers for Australia, he's averaged 85 and a half with the Bulls and Glamorgan. Uh, we find him sitting at Brisbane Airport because he's about to jump on a plane to head to Tassie and uh, re-suit up for the, uh, for the Bulls in Shield cricket. Um, but, Michael Nisa, very good morning to you. Uh, this is two airports in two days for you, isn't it? T talk us through what you were doing out at RAF Base Amberley yesterday. <laughs> Firstly, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, me and Uzi were fortunate enough to go down to the RAS base there in Amberley and have a little dogfight. Uh, and I'm sure Uzi's told you that he's won. He won the fight. So um, it was good fun. We got to sit in the simulators and um, just experience a little bit what those boys uh, experienced, which was unreal. Yeah, we, we've got so, to mention... So we got 
we've got to mention yourself and Uzi are, are, are qualified pilots. Well, Uzi's commercial. I'm, I just do it recreationally, but I am qualified. But yeah, um, Uzi's had a lot more experience than me, so uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to fly a bit more. But at the moment, just with time and stuff, I can't. But um, yeah, it was an amazing experience. It was a little bit of a fanboy moment for me to be surrounded by those fighter jet pilots. Um, so we loved it. We're talking their ears off uh, the whole day. The the, the um the, the different ratings in in licenses of being a pilot, and, and we'll get to the cricket in just a moment. But I'm I'm interested in this stuff. So so what can you fly? What what are you rated up to to flying? So at the moment, I've just done my single engine fixed wing, um, and that's all just through RAOs, which is recreational aviation. And then Uzi's gone. He's with the big boys, so he's done twin engine uh, fixed wing, and he's done his commercial. So technically. Uh, he graduated and all his colleagues went and flew with Qantas and all the major airlines. But um, Uzi obviously became a professional cricketer, so <laughs> he chose wisely. So he, he could be so, flying you down to Tassie, right? Like technically he could be in charge of the flight down. Is that right? Pretty much. All, you're saying all the guys he flew with at school are now pilots with Qantas. A lot of them got in with Qantas, so probably some of the pilots flying around the world are the ones that he worked with. So, hey, it's quite funny. He, he said, he said, uh, it's quite amazing. He's a bit of a talent. He's so talented. He said at 24, if he's not a professional cricketer, he's going to be a uh, He'll be a pilot. So he, he's one of those blokes who sets his mind to something and he generally achieves it. So he's, he's a very talented man, Uzi. Uh, and well, he's captain. He could have been captain of the plane. He's captain of the bulls. But speaking of talent, let, let's yeah. tap into yours, Ness. So where, where have you tapped into to get this bat of yours absolutely humming? Yeah, no, it's the same bat I've used for the last 12 months. Uh, I've put it on ice. I don't use it in the nets anymore because it seems to be working. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I literally just pull it out game day and um, I've been using that one. But uh, I mean, it's probably a combination of things. With Over the last 24 months, I've been hitting a lot more balls. And I struggled in the past a bit because I had an injury to my thumb. So I couldn't actually hit a lot of balls. And also my bowling kind of was my frontline uh, skill. Um, but I suppose the older I'm getting, the easier on the body batting is. So I'm trying to transition into more of a, a batting all-rounder. Okay, well, so that that was because of the body in, in getting older, or did you see a need for that in either uh, a higher level uh, of cricket? Uh, not really. I still, I'm still, like, bowling's my main skill, but I think... Um, and you do that bloody just well, just quietly. <laughs> thanks, thanks. <laughs> uh, just over time, I've kind of figured out my game and what's working. Um, so I've really, like, honed on some pretty basic skills over the last 24 months, just working really hard on my bad. Actually, it was Buff and Chuck who pulled me aside a while back and said, i got to actually hit more balls and work hard on my bad because they see it rolling, me going up the order. Uh, and so, yeah, set my mind to that. And thankfully, it's paying off now. Um, but yeah, hopefully I can keep scoring runs. Hopefully it's not just a little phase. I can keep doing this. 
Well, mate, that little phase has been going on for the best part of six months plus. I mean, you, you mentioned that it's in the last yeah. 24 months you've been working, but, but Glamorgan, yeah. you were scoring runs for fun, back to back centuries yeah. there, and, and it's continued yeah. here with, with the Bulls. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost as weird. I had one innings. I, I didn't score me. I think I made 60 odd, but I batted for a really long time. And I took a lot of, out of that because I, I didn't just I batted at a different tempo to what I'm used to. And that kind of like set me up for later on in the season when I was making hundreds and batting for long periods. So I've kind of grafted how I go about batting. I sometimes go quicker and as the last game probably the scenario required me to go quicker but a lot of the times I've been giving myself a lot more time to bat and that helps with batting up the order too. Previously I was batting at 8-9 which you kind of consider the tail end of then so you, you expect it to go quite hard but moving up the orders helped me to bat longer which is awesome. So I hope I can keep doing that. Michael Neeson, my guest this morning, about to head down to Tassie uh, to take on the Tigers uh, for the Queensland Bulls. Uh, Ness, you mentioned yep. Darren Lehman and Wade Seckham. Wolf's a pretty good coach to have in the batting stakes, considering what he's done throughout his career. Anyone else that you were picking up tips from or that you work closely with inside the Nets? Any of your teammates? Or... Yeah, definitely. Uh, Burns is great to chat to. Um, he's been around for a long time now. And even Uzi. Um, just how he goes about it. Um, we've got so many brains to pick in our squad. Um, but certainly Buff was a big help um, tactically more than anything. He, he seems to be quite positive in how he coaches. He's always thinking of ways how to score runs um, opposed to how to survive. So I really like the way how Buff goes about his thought process with that. Good stuff. Now, mate, I know I know the national selectors probably have an eye on the World Cup right now. But w- when you're in form like this, do, do, do they do, do you get a call from George Bailey or do they just send a I don't know? It, it, does that even is there any contact with them just to, for them to with Tony Donomay to say, hey, mate, you w- w- you're doing well. We're keeping an eye on you. Is there any any of that that happens? Yeah, I got a couple of messages saying well done and keep going. But um, hopefully, I can take some wickets and put pressure on with the ball because um, I really want to play test this summer. That's a big goal of mine. It's uh, actually play test, a full test summer, which I seem to only get one game at a time. So I want to, want to prove that I can play more than one game a season and play a red ball game, not just a pink ball game. Well, mate, there's so many Queenslanders and I think so many fans around the country would like to see that as well. And that's why I asked you about the, 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 the messages from selectors, if, if they do happen, is in what is the summer look like for you? Is there been talk about what is, you know, what, what, what could be in play and how, rather than just pink balls, could red ball come into it? Um, they haven't really discussed specifics like that with me, but uh, hopefully I can get a game with the red ball because I actually don't really like bowling with the pink ball to be honest um, it goes soft after 20 overs and then kind of becomes a one-sided affair but um, red ball feels right to me and if I can get a game with that hopefully I can do well and get another game but at the moment I'm just trying to perform in shield cricket and see where things go there well, mate, you're doing that, and you're absolutely uh, smashing the smashing the door down. Keeping an eye on the World Cup, Ness. What what are your what are your thoughts on the Aussie team and how they're travelling? 
I think they're coming good now. A couple of rough games to start, but um, I think a uh, couple of boys just finding their feet with a bit of nerves and um, and the World Cup is a big event, but I feel like with a couple of wins under the belt, we'll, we'll come home strong. Yeah, they could we'll use, be good. They, they could use you in the middle order. I, I know. I know. Travis Head's coming back in, and so someone in the middle order is going to yeah. have to 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 miss out. Um, sadly, all all sort of sights seem to be on, on Marnus. Is that the? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I like Marnus in there. To be honest, he kind of provides the stability to that team, and he can play spin so well. So. Hopefully they don't go down that route for Queensland's sake and Australia's sake and Marnus's sake. But um, I think he's too valuable not to have in your team. Mate, before I let you go, you and Uzi out there at the RAF base. What what was yeah. there was there was there call signs? Who was Maverick? Who was Goose? Was was there anything like that, or do you have your own call sign? Well, Uzi wanted to be Maverick, and then the more he thought about it, he's like, hang on, you're the reckless one, so you probably have to be Maverick. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you're the reckless uh, one? Oh, yeah, even my nickname's Reckless. He gives me that one because I've, I've injured myself a couple of times with pretty reckless stuff as a kid. I've come good now, but I was <laughs> <laughs> pretty reckless as a child. Hey, Ness, you've opened that door. You know I've got to ask, what, what did you do as a kid to injure yourself? How do you get that nickname, Reckless? Uh, I, to be honest, I'm quite clumsy. So I, I broke my first arm when I was two when I, I climbed up this. I actually put that on my parents' shoulder, but I just climbed up the statue and fell off and uh, just little stuff like that. I, I just seem to always hurt myself doing stupid little things. <laughs> so... Oh, I go on for days with all the injuries I've had. But anyway, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Oh, no, Mav, <laughs> that's that, that's all good. That's good. Mav or Reckless, um, we'll, we'll, we'll take that call sign. And so long as we're calling you and seeing you in uh, in the baggy green this summer too, that would be outstanding. Uh, good luck. Yeah, good awesome. luck against Tasmania. Thanks. Keep that flowing, mate. Awesome. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Uh, there we go. Michael Nisa, the informed batsman in the country. And he's a bowler. Well, he's an all-rounder, and he is absolutely killing it. <laughs> Call signs. What about that reckless? Things you find out. Uh, what? So what have you got? Call signs. you got Glenn Maxwell's The Big Show. Uh, Dave Warner's The Bull. Well, they all call him The Reverend as well, don't they? Yeah. Call signs in sport. Uh, 13, 13, 55, oh, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to think about some cool call signs in sport. If you can help us out this morning, we'd be more than happy to take you on board too. Uh, ben Davis with you until midday today. Uh, texts are coming through too about uh, illicit drug use in sport uh, and also unwritten rules. Plenty more coming up here on SENQ, your new home of sport in Queensland. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. And Sam, is that Huey Lewis in the news? Uh, uh, love is a no, love is a uh, I want 
I'm on a new drug? Yeah, yeah right. Okay. No very, no, very good. Very good. He's embracing the theme today. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Uh, knocking on the door of 28 degrees before 10 o'clock this morning here in the southeast. Uh, but we are turning up the heat on those who are using illicit drugs. Cocaine, let's call it that. Uh, in professional sport, why do they just get a slap on the wrist? It's a very good question. Something we'll be putting to Dr. Peter Larkins after 10 o'clock. But also, let's bust it down. You know, is it detrimental to performance? I would have thought. Or, or is there some sort of aspect of performance enhancing to it? I mean, it's an upper. It's a stimulant, right? I, I can't imagine so. But there again, I'm not trained in this. That's why we're getting the best in the business. I'm, uh, let me have a look. Uh, no name on this text, but says, Ben, cocaine is far from a performance enhancing drug. It's more detrimental than performance enhancing. Eight weeks is more than enough for a suspension. Eight weeks, so two months. Make it a massive fine and make them do some community service, re-education on being a sporting idol. Cocaine is widely accepted in workplaces and generally speaking, no one loses their job over it. Okay, well, is it? Really? So what, people are just snorting this stuff at work, are they? And that's accepted. It's It's illegal. It's you're committing a crime. How is that accepted? If it happened at my workplace and I saw it, I wouldn't be accepting it. No way. Maybe I'm in the minority. I don't know. Uh, it goes on to say this text message: If we are talking about breaking the law, so does Joe Blow getting a speeding fine? Excuse the pun. Um, should they cop it? Athletes shouldn't lose their job over it. It's not performance enhancing. Exclamation mark. It's more than that, though, right? If it's not performance enhancing, it's detrimental to your performance. So you're letting your teammates down, you're letting your team down, you're letting your brand down. And again, what type of message is that sending? To me, and on the sporting idol thing, and I'm not going to cop the fact they need more education of this. They know. They get education on drugs. They get education on welfare. They get education. They know where their standing is in community in the community. And the message it sends that you can actually do a crime, you can actually break the law, and you don't get punished for it. And in some cases, you actually get rewarded for it because you get off, you, you, you get that slap on the wrist or get a slap with a feather bow, whatever it may be, and then move on with life. Contract gets upgraded, get to play rep stuff, win premierships, you get lauded. Again, so what type of message does that send? Uh, send? So I ask you right now, if you were in charge and someone was busted using illicit drugs, what should the punishment be? 131355 Dr. Peter Larkins on the other side of the 10 o'clock news. And I'll give you clues for the quiz. Oh, yes. That is all coming up in the big second hour here at Mornings on SENQ. Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
Thanks for your company. Four minutes past ten this Tuesday morning. Uh, great chat with Michael Nisa last hour. If you missed it, that's okay. You can download it uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your great podcast. Uh, there is something in Michael Nisa as well when it comes to the quiz. Be jotting his name down. You'll also need this as an answer. The LA Rams. The LA Rams. Something will be heading to the other side of the planet on this hour as well. Catching up with uh, part of the Broncos contingent uh, who was part of the LA Rams uh, facility tour yesterday. They're going to base themselves there for the Vegas uh, round one matches. What they've learned, what facilities will they uh, experience? Uh, that coming up uh, in the next uh, hour. Just looking at text messages coming through. Uh, I've got a narc here texting saying, Ben... It's not Ange's first year coaching. I know that. He's coached for the majority of life. To mistaken his life's work for his first season in the EPL, he speaks of this often. It's not his first year, as you well know. Uh, no, and I didn't say it was his first year. I said it was his first year in the EPL, but quite obviously it's his, not his first year coaching, just like Andrew Webster with the Warriors and the NRL, not his first year coaching. But it's his first year coaching in the NRL. It's his first year coaching in the EPL at that level. How do you like them, apps? <laughs> no, it's actually, it's probably not even relevant. Uh, 13, 13, 55, You can't please. You can't please everyone all the times, can you? Uh, let me have a look. AFL drugs, NRL drug policies. Uh, it's what we'll be talking about with Dr. Peter Larkins in just a moment. But the question I'm posing this morning is, what should the punishment be for athletes busted using illicit substances, using cocaine? So since you and I last spoke, we have heard that Melbourne Demons player Joel Smith tested positive on game day, round 23 against Hawthorne. Then he went on to play in finals as well. The Demons, they didn't do too well in those finals. They went out into straight sets. So, do they have a problem at the Demons? Do they have an issue with culture at the Demons? It's something that the skipper, Max Gorn, was speaking about on 7 News down in Melbourne. There's been some stuff over the last few weeks, but I feel like this happens to most clubs. Um, there's adversity here, adversity there. Obviously, our adversities all come at once. I'm certainly very bullish on the culture we've built over the last three or four years, that it can withstand adversity like this, and um, we're able to get in the top four again like we have the last three years. All right, so that was Melbourne Demon skipper Max Gorn on the culture at the club. Uh, hang on, what? Most clubs face this type of adversity? What? Really? So there's a, what, an issue with drugs at most clubs? And this goes back to that text message before. Maybe maybe I've had the blinkers on, that this is an acceptable part of life now, that cocaine use is accepted in society. When did that happen? I thought it was illegal. It is, right? Yeah? No? Tell me I'm wrong. 13 13 736 So uh, let's bust it down in, in the world of sport. How can someone who could be facing a four-year ban for this be looking at just three months? And is it performance enhancing or is it detrimental to your health it could be a very obvious answer but it's one that i will be asking my next guest who's on the line now dr peter larkins he's a sports medicine guru sports physician leading one in this country uh, doc uh, great chatting to you again a very, very good morning um co cocaine use surely that's not a performance enhancing drug or is it because it's a stimulant morning good good morning ben well i mean it'd be interesting to do a survey amongst um 
and I dare say there are listeners who have had some experience with knowing someone that's taken it because it's so ubiquitous in society. But it's a stimulant. It's the S6 stimulant category, which is high, highly addictive stimulant. Um, so potentially a stimulant is something that keeps you alert. It improves your reflexes, your, your hand-eye coordination, um, anti-fatigue. So if you're in a sport where you know hand-eye coordination, reflexes, um, you know fatigue is a big issue, then anything that stimulates that is likely to be performance-enhancing. But too much of anything, if, if you're overdosing on something, will make it worse. So it uh, it is in the banned substance because it comes under the stimulant category. Okay, there we go. See, these are the these are one of the reasons. Or well, this is one of the reasons why I've got you on, doctor, to talk us through it because I'm getting feedback from listeners today saying this is an accepted use and part of society now, and it's like I'm still trying to get my yeah. head around that it's a crime. It's it's illegal. It's well, a- I mean, you're right. It, it, it it's it's an illegal illicit drug. I mean, it, it's 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 you know every time if you look at the news on the news tonight, there'll be an, a shipment inter you know intercepted somewhere at an airport or on on a bloody. Um, you know, the shipping container and found that there's a hidden compartment with the cocaine. I mean, this is a massive illicit drug campaign. It's, apart from marijuana, it's probably the second most commonly used drug. And marijuana clearly isn't illegal in certain circumstances and, and not considered to be a dangerous drug. But cocaine is associated with antisocial behaviour. It's associated with criminal acts. Um, you know, and I'm, there are, but there are doctors that use cocaine. There are lawyers. There are radio announcers that use cocaine. It is out in society. But the problem is, you know, it's not acceptable you know, when, as you rightly said, when when did it become acceptable to do that? Um, but the thing is, when you're talking about the sport code, there's a sport code in place for a variety of reasons, one of which is performance enhancing, one, one is it's the spirit of sport, and one is health reasons. And if you, in those three categories, cocaine potentially uh, crosses the boundaries on all three of them. Doc, so often we say that sport is just a mirror of society. Is that what we're seeing here with the penalties? Yep. And I, I, I use the case of... Wendell Saylor back in 2006, so we're going back 17 years ago, he was caught on match day and served yep. a two-year ban. And at the time, Ewan McKenzie's uh, his coach said, it's it's almost a jail sentence, but the punishment yep. does fit the crime. And yet we see the case of Joel Smith last week, and, and they're now talking that he could face a three-month ban. Yeah. Yeah, it, the, the the drug policy, the drug code, the drug testing system is more complex now, Ben, than it's ever been in the whole history of the time I've been in sport. It's very confusing, not only for doctors and listeners, but for the athletes themselves. So the question is here, did he use cocaine on match day in order to take a mark, get a kick or run faster? Now, if he did, and it's a performance-enhancing stimulant, then, of course, the ban can be up to four years because it breaches the code of a match day use. He also may have used it Wednesday at a mate's birthday because the other people were using it. And if he was silly enough, and the question is, why would a, a premiership contending team member, even midweek, use cocaine if he's going to play on that particular Sunday? So that's a bigger question to ask. But the difference in the sanctions is that if he took it on match day to get a kick, then he's, the WADA code says, well, you know, you, you're going to be you're cheating and you'll have a four-year ban. If he took it Wednesday at a mate's birthday and it was still in his system and detected on match day... The, the different system is that it's a three-month ban because he said he was taking it for the so-called social use and not for performance use. So if he's honest enough to say, yes, I did take cocaine, yes, I'm guilty, but I didn't take it on, on the weekend, I took it on Wednesday, and he can prove that somehow, then he gets away with a three-month ban, which I don't think is right because that could also come into play right now, that he doesn't even miss any games in 2024. 
So if the three months starts from the time that he's found guilty, then all he does is he spends three months over the summer um, serving the uh, suspension, and then he's back to play round one. So it's a very complicated system. And yet, to me, that just seems nonsensical. How, how do you? How, yeah. how, what yeah. message does that send? That, that's well, I don't think it sends a message. I mean, I, look, this is another philosophical conversation. Are we sending a strong enough message? And and back to a more important point, I think, Ben, is you know what what expectation do we have of elite athletes? Because if it does mirror society, their mates are on cocaine. They're going to be at parties over the weekend. They go to all these other things. Cocaine is there. Are they expected to uphold a higher level of behaviour? And, and and I think they do. So, mm. but the question is, you know, does that what the community expects? Does the media expect that? Do, do the fans expect that? Because you know, the, the issue comes down to that, he, that. There's no real sanction if he doesn't miss any football games. I mean, he gets a bit of negative publicity, but that's happened to plenty of people that have worked in the media, and it's happened. There's been plenty of white powder cases in other AFL players that have been publicised, Ben, as you well know, and I'm not going to name them, but in the last year and two years, and even this year, in 2023. So so the message of deterrent, I don't think, is strong enough. But we might be saying, well, we're being too punitive. We, we shouldn't be hard on these people because it's out there and they should be allowed to. I mean, I'm still of the old school that, it, that there's a certain discipline and a certain expectation if you're performing in a sporting environment and having the privileges of the salary that they earn at 400000 average per year across the AFL in 2023, yeah. then there's an expectation that your behaviour is above what happens to the blokes in the street. Hey, Doc, I'm with you. The old school's the best type of school because here's the thing, that those mates that they're partying with, they're not playing at the elite level. They're not doing what they do. They're not making the sacrifices that these guys make no. and, ha- and have to make to be yep. the elite of the elite. That That's kind of the trade-off, right? You, you yep. get this... Fantastic well, career, yeah. you get a great salary, but you also have to sacrifice along the way. Yeah, I mean, it's a short-term thing. It can be as you know, little as four or five years if you play 100 games. That's a big achievement in AFL in the yeah. current circles with the injury and the pressure that's on them. But at the same time, there's privileges going with that lifestyle. And I think that, you know, and the other thing is the education process. These players are educated about what they're allowed to take or not take. They know about the penalties. They know about the testing process. So when somebody deliberately takes it, they're obviously either believing they're not going to get caught or, the, or again, my point is the testing system isn't thorough enough that it's picking up. It's like the drink-driving things, right? There were plenty of people drink-driving in Brisbane on Saturday night, Ben, who didn't get pulled over. So when we know the statistics, yep. you know, on who's 0.05 driving on the roads in Australia, that doesn't reflect how many people are 0.05. So when we say how many people have been caught taking cocaine in the drug testing system for sport, that's only a small percentage of the people using it anyway. So the problem is huge, I believe. I've also got an issue with the three-strike policy too, because um, that, that's all. That, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's more about um, it's it's more about helping them um, rather. It's about yeah. counselling rather than the consequences, isn't it? Yeah, well, I need to distinguish between the the drug testing code, which is part of the World Anti-Doping Authority and the illicit drug code, which is the strikes policy that you're referring to. Yeah. So with WADA, if you get caught, you're out. So the Joel Smith situation is a WADA test. Yeah. So the WADA test in competition day, which is when he tested positive, then that's when he's subject to the penalty of up to four years. There's no strikes. There's no one strike, two strike. What you're alluding to is the voluntary illicit drug program that the AFL and some other sports have signed up to, where players... when that's supposed to be an intervention policy, Ben. It's supposed to be a medical model to assist players who may be going through stress or relationship or financial concerns and they, they take ecstasy or they take cocaine. And so this was supposed to help players to be back on that. So a first strike you and I don't hear about, they get a fine and they get counselling. A second strike, they get a bigger fine 
and they get a four-week suspension, which is often covered up through some other injury concern or whatever. So that's the illicit drug policy, which I've always been critical of because players, again, can dodge and weave through that and they know they're not going to get suspended the first time they have a positive strike in, in that illicit. But this is the WADA code. You don't. There's no strikes. You're either guilty or you're not guilty, which is what Joel Smith has to prove whether he used the dodger uh, on a competition day or not on the competition day. And this is where the three-month versus the four years confusion comes along. And as much as they get educated on it, having two sets of rules would send mixed messages. And if you're getting away with one, and it, I mean, that's just in life. And it doesn't matter what sort of rules we're talking about here. But if you if you start pushing the envelope or if you're getting away with this, you just try and take a bit more, a bit more, yep. a bit more. And then all of a sudden, bang, you find yourself there. So I, I just think yeah. it's Look, confusing. I have a lot of sympathy yeah. with the athletes yeah, because it is a complicated system. Yeah. And I have sympathy for them. But at the same time, there's an expectation. Well, why would you take cocaine? Why would you take ecstasy? Why would you take, you know, marijuana? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want yeah. to go into this lifestyle, don't don't confuse yourself by wondering whether I'm going to have a illicit test or a water test. Don't take anything. You know, that's the that's the thing. Don't take something, whether it's recreational or social or whether it's performance enhancing. Then you won't confuse yourself yeah. and wonder which strike you're going to be subject to. I mean, it's a pretty simple decision to make. <laughs> it is. But again, that's that's my old school philosophy. That's my <laughs> spirit of sport and my fair play side of me coming out as the ex-athlete in me saying that Ben medically yeah you can get away with taking it and of course you may, you may not get caught and you may not have any side effects but at the same time you then you do get caught you, you've got to justify and I think the sanction needs to the message needs to be strong enough to deter people and I don't think the deterrent is strong enough Doc, always good to chat. We are on the same page. Appreciate it. Dr. Peter Larkins That's there, right. leading sports efficient as position medical guru if you like uh, he's spot on isn't he? The deterrent is not strong enough. And you know what? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Actually, no, let's let's just have the sentence. It's illegal. Stops and starts there. Or starts and stops there. Either way, anything beyond that, any explanation beyond that, doesn't cut it, does it? All right, so if you're in charge, any sport, your athlete gets busted taking illicit drugs. What's the punishment? 131355-0467-736-736. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. I started singing bye-bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Twenty-three minutes past ten. Get to your text calls in just a moment. But a story that's just dropped on the Sydney Morning Herald in the last hour. What about this? Um, Peter Volandis will be attending a state dinner at the White House, hosted by U.S. President Joe Biden, as a guest of Prime Minister Anthony Albanese. What? How about this? Um, we know the PM is in the States. He landed there, what was that, uh, Sunday night, wasn't it? Part of a four-day uh, visit to discuss um, all types of deals, submarines and different things going on in the region, obviously what's happening in the Middle East as well. But as a South supporter, Anthony Albanese has invited Peter Volandis to join him at the White House where they'll mix with some of the world's most influential people. Now, state dinners um, normally normally uh, honoured to visiting heads of government or reigning monarchs. It's been happening for 150 years. But now 
we find that Peter Volandis is going to be at the White House. What do you say to Joe Biden? What do you say to the US president if you're Peter Volandis? But actually, the bigger picture stuff here in all seriousness is where this sits in the scheme of rugby league. You remember last week we spoke to the lead, the bid lead for PNG to become the 18th team in the NRL. And we know there is a lot of political clout and political reasoning behind this bid. We know that Anthony Albanese is helping fund part of this, putting money into grassroots, putting money into uh, keep having PNG being part of uh, the NRL. And it's, well, how much of, I'm going through this story here. Here we go. Anthony Albanese's government is also underwriting PNG's bid to join the NRL, reportedly the tune of $25 million annually, and it's an effort to improve international relations. It is to do with China being in the region and, and shoring up PNG as an international neighbour and making sure that we have a presence in that part of the country. Anthony Albanese wants a Port Moresby-based team, and again, this is according to the Sydney Morning Herald report, with games also to be played in Cairns. It's a way to counter China's growing influence in the region. Opening the door is an enormous opportunity for rugby league, and Peter Volandis will have that opportunity to spend time with the PM and also with Joe Biden. So the politics of sport and the sport of politics all winding up there. Maybe that's just putting two and two together and coming up with 17, but I I can't help but think that with the Albanese government's push to have PNG as part of the NRL and then having the NRL boss as part of a White House state dinner, I mean, sure, he could invite Joe Biden to round one of the NRL in Vegas next year. Can you imagine that? Oh, dear, oh, dear. The US president in Vegas for the NRL. Hey, hey things we'd like to see, right? Uh, speaking of which, in the next 10 minutes, we'll be crossing to that part of the world, not to the White House, but to LA, because the Broncos have been guests of the LA Rams. They'll be setting up base there for their Vegas encounter. What type of facilities will they have? What will they have put forward to them? What will be on the smallest board for the Broncos when they head to the LA Rams? We'll find out very, very shortly. All right, let me have a look. Text messages flying through. Hey, Ben, had to do a drug test to start my new job as a sales rep. Positive test equals no job. G, thank you for that. Just G from Brisbane on that one. Uh, let me have a look here. This, geez, these texts are flying through. Uh, ben, to be honest, doing uh, illicit substances in society is illegal. These players should be getting charged with a criminal crime. Instead, sporting bodies give a slap on the wrist and receive a reduced ban. If a tradie gets drug tested and positive, they lose their job. Adam, thank you. 13, 13, 55, 0467 Murray, very good morning to you. He's picked up the phone. What's made you call in this morning, Muzz? G'day, Ben. Thanks for having Dr. Larkham on. I, rec- I really like his honesty there, and uh, he, he knows his stuff, doesn't he? Oh, he does. He does. And, you know, yes, it can help you get a kick on game day, perhaps. It gives you a kick off the field as well, but it is detrimental to your health. Yeah. Hey, what stood out, what jumped out at me, and I'm I'm sure it's correct there, did he say 
on your second stri a strike, you get a four-week ban, but it's easily covered up by a so-called injury. Well, that's how clubs sometimes uh, trade it off. Yes. You might, yeah, you, you might, said, yeah. So, mm. so it's not close. So you basically, I'd, I'd sort of, yeah, it, uh, you look on with a little bit of suspicion now if uh, some guy doesn't uh, recover from a concussion and is given another couple of weeks just to get over it or, or that uh, that hamstring doesn't uh, doesn't recover as quickly as some. And, and you know what? Like you, you're spot on. There are going to there are going to be people. There are going to be athletes who who actually have legitimate injuries and they're just not recovering as well. But now the flip side to that is they could be under suspicion for having a second strike, and it gets covered up as part of uh, an injury in air commerce. Mate, you're spot on, and it, it does. It's just, it's just so murky. And the fact there are two sets of rules here. The fact that there is a internal AFL illicit drugs policy and the WADA policy as well, it, it makes it, it makes it confusing. It, it, it makes it not only for athletes but for fans as well. So on that AFL drugs policy and and on the strikes, yeah, it, it's three strikes. The first time the club doesn't even get notified for it. They they don't know. The second time they do. So. Stepping through the first strike, it gets a, a suspended five thousand dollar fine, counselling, and target testing. But the player remains anonymous. So much so that the AFL medical directors and the player's club doctor, not the club management, they're told of the first positive test. So the club knows through the doctor, but the doctor can't tell the club because it's a privacy issue. But also, it's under the illicit drugs uh, policy for the AFL. It gets referred to the club doctor to determine the best course of action, including what treatment the player should have. A second strike, the player's name is made public and he serves a four-match suspension. Third strike incurs a 12-match suspension. Now, strikes must be given within four years of each other to be considered second or third subsequent strikes. So no player has been suspended or named publicly after recording a second strike. Since 2015, and this is when an upgrade of the policy has been. So uh, a lot of the cases we're hearing now, not so Joel Smith, which was under the WADA code, tested positive on match day, but a lot of the cases we're hearing now are, are players actually owning up to it because they've either been busted, arrested, or caught on camera doing it. So that's not even under a testing regime. That's bringing the game into disrepute. And that's why they're serving a ban. And, and some of them are even just club bans rather than the governing body. So what should happen? What type of penalty should be given to athletes who test positive? Actually, not even test positive. Who are caught using. Could test positive, could be busted. Caught using illicit substances. 13 13 55 Keep on Jovi and time for a news hit with Vanessa.
Right, one of the answers you need for the quiz coming up at 11 o'clock. I've already given you the Rams. I've already... Oh, actually, no, I can't repeat them, can I? Because that's giving it away. Mm, okay. Uh, do, 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 do. Minji Lee. There we go. Minji Lee. That's another one of the answers you need for the quiz coming up at 11 o'clock. We are doing it today, all thanks to Maccas. They are proud sponsors of the Little Legends, supporting grassroots sports here in Queensland. Uh, Steve jumped on the open line. Steve, very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Hi. It's a really interesting topic. Two points. If you're a professional sporting player earning huge money and you try and defend yourself by saying you're out with your mates at a birthday party and they're all taking coke cider, they're not your mates, are they? They're not your mates. Not, not. If they put temptation in the way of an elite sports person on the presumption they just want to be around them, you've got to get rid of those guys. So that's the first point, really. Now, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the ACT have just made it all legal. If you Google it up, they've made ice and cocaine and marijuana and everything else legal up to a certain amount that you're allowed because they said they're losing the battle. It's just come out in the last couple of weeks, and I was dumbfounded, but that's that's the truth. They've made it legal. So you're never going to... They're never going to fix it, are they? If a government's made it legal to have a certain amount of ice or cocaine or marijuana. Steve, I've done just that. I've just Googled it. So they, what they have done is decriminalised the possession of small amounts of some drugs. Now, I, I guess there's a, there is a differentiation between the word making it legal and decriminalising it as well. So there, there's, there is a legal um, differentiation in that. But the, the, the reason... They're doing it is they're, they're saying that it, people who are caught with small amounts of all these different types of illicit drugs will not be criminally prosecuted. Instead, the drugs will be confiscated and they'll be issued a, a $100 fine and then referred to a drug diversion program. So it's in a, it's in a bid to stop clogging up the courts. That, that's, that's why they've done it. It, it, was, it was actually passed last year, but it was coming into effect in the, you're right, in the next, uh, in the next uh, month or so. Decriminalising it, which is, oh, and again, this is opening up a, a completely different can of worms, isn't it? I mean, there are some arguments to decriminalise marijuana, to decriminalise some of these illicit drugs, because once you do that, a government can then start controlling them. You know, tobacco, uh, alcohol, they're all classed as drugs, right? So if they're decriminalised and there's some sort of legislation around it, all of a sudden they can start to be taxed. And we're going down a very completely different path here. But there is an argument to say, well, if they're that widespread in society, why don't we have some sort of control over them? Why don't they decriminalise it and have it regulated? And regulation means tax for a government. It means so many different things. Probably not the platform or the show to get into it. But, Steve, it opens up that door. And, again, in the world of sport, though, where we hold our athletes to a higher regard, where they are on great salaries for what they do, and the sacrifices they need to make are reflective of those salaries and what they do and put their body on the line with. So add all those things up. Putting illicit substance into your body... One, it, it hurts you. It hurts your teammates. It lets your brand down. It lets your game down. It lets your fans down. But also the message it sends to those who look up to you. Not just kids, but fans. 
fans in their 20s and 30s, if it's acceptable for athletes to be given a pass, to be hit with a feather boa, if you like, rather than a hammer, coming down to this, that, that message that sends to the rest of society is, well, they can get away with it. They can get a slap on the wrist and move on. Life doesn't change for them. But it should, shouldn't it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. We will get a little light into the program because there's so many texts coming through with some of life's unwritten rules. I know, it was about the spirit of cricket last week and it just, you know, being an unwritten rule. And there's so many that have come through. I, I do want to spend some time on it. Before we get to a break, I'll, I'll read you a couple. Um, letting people know that you're late. Unwritten rule. It's a nice one, isn't it? In a tipping comp, never tip against your own team. One of life's great unwritten rules. And another text has just come through saying double dipping. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Slam and Sammy's getting into the uh, theme of it today. And no, this is not Peter Volandi's going to the White House, which is happening as a guest of Anthony Albanese. This is more about the Broncos not being born in the USA, but what they'll be doing in the USA next year. In fact, what they were doing there yesterday, it's a prelude to what they'll be doing there next year. We saw on 7 News last night, Kurt Capewell, Jesse Arthurs, Matt Ballon, almost like an advance party for the Broncos uh, heading to Vegas next year. They were at the LA. Rams game, SoFi Stadium, uh, but it is more than that, and here to tell us all about it is my partner in crime at Channel 7. She's on the ground in the United States. Alyssa Smith, a very good morning to you, or good afternoon where you were. What an experience yesterday with the LA Rams and the Broncos. Oh, it was amazing, Benny. Good morning to you. Good, good evening over here in Los Angeles. It was such an amazing experience being at the stadium. It was both Kurt and Jesse's first NFL game and Matt Bowen's as well. And they were absolutely losing it. I'm talking, they were like kids in a candy store. They were frothing. They got to walk um, down on the ground on the field as well. They got to see some of their favorite players. I uh, got to wave to them. They were taking selfies, taking photos. They were in awe and they were so excited to be there. And it, it was just mirroring what they can expect come Feb, end of February, March next year when the Broncos play in Las Vegas for round one of the NRL season for 2024. Well, well, that's the thing. It was more than just getting on the ground and following their favourite footy team. There is a partnership between the Broncos and Rams, which will come into play next year. Yeah, that's right, Benny. So the four, out of the four teams, Brisbane Broncos have signed a partnership with the LA Rams. So they're going to fly into LA. They'll use their training base for five days. And it's a world-class facility. Last year, Arsenal chose the LA Rams training facility because it is such top world-class. Um, so they will go into LA. They will train there for five days. Then they'll fly into Vegas for three including the game, and then they'll fly back to Brisbane. The other NRL teams are flying straight into Vegas, and they are doing their week preparation, 
in Vegas leading up to round one. So you would assume the Broncos will have a competitive advantage, less distractions as well when you think about Vegas. Yeah, so you would assume that it'll, it'll work in their favour. Yeah, well, at least what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, right? But outside <laughs> of the distraction of, of the glitter strips in city, whatever you want to call it, um, th- there is actually uh, some logistics and, and performance side of this, isn't there? Just with, with well, not only the facilities being used, but but, but grounds they can actually train on and, and be part of. The, the Broncos have this all basically uh, at their feet, don't they, in LA? Yep, absolutely, absolutely. They've had staff over here scouting different fields they can use, what areas they can use, what is going to work best for their players as well, what the ground is like too, so that they can report back to the club, make sure that everything's in tip-top shape. So they're getting ahead of the game. They're making sure everything's right for the players when they come over. Little distractions, everything will be planned, everything will be organised and everything will be ready to go. The, the teams that are heading into Vegas, they've got only a few grounds that they can choose from. So the Broncos, as I mentioned, in LA for the five days, and then they'll just have the three days in Vegas. But it's been, if the NFL, yesterday's game was anything to go by, it is going to be an absolute treat for Bronx Nation. Okay. Were the, were the Rams enamored with the fact that there were Broncos there as well? Did, did, did they know or were they just sort of blending in with the rest of the, the rest of the crowd and the entourage? No, they knew. They knew that they were there. And I think Kurt, Jesse and Matt were making sure that they knew as well because they were so excited, like little boys, you know, they were absolutely loving it. Um, they exchanged jerseys as well. So the Rams had a jersey made up with Broncos written over the back of it and the Broncos presented the Rams with a jersey too. So it, it's a really nice partnership that they've got going. Um, and we know that NRL have signed a, a five-year deal with the Legion Stadium over here. So you never know, Broncos might be back for, uh, se- for season number two, 2.0 over here in Vegas. We know Jordan Maialata has uh, made a big impact in, in the States coming from uh, a rugby league background. Well, what about, I'm just trying to think, Kurt Capewell, what position would he play in, in, in NFL? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Size-wise, I mean, Kurt's not the smallest bloke, but I'm tipping against some of those Kurt, NFL boys. He, he would he would have oh, been dwarfed. It would have been like running into a brick wall. I think going up against Kurt Capewell is like running into a brick wall, <laughs> but it's next level when you put him up against some of the Americans over here too. All right, Liz. Well, appreciate uh, the updates uh, on the ground from LA, and I'm sure you'll have your papers in already planning that trip to Vegas next uh, uh, ne- next year for, for round one. Uh, great stuff. Uh, I'll let you get back to, I don't know, what's on the cards today uh, on the ground in the US? Uh, I've just walked, um, been to Foxgoes. We've just walked uh, Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills and about to head out to Santa Monica to watch the sun go down over the Santa Monica Pier. <laughs> Well, I've probably just saved you money then, <laughs> taking you out of Rodeo Drive. Uh, see if you can get an invite to the White House and that dinner with Peter Volandis and Anthony Albanese. That, that's, your next, that's your next mission there. Alyssa Smith uh, from 7 News uh, all the way from L.A. What a great uh, partnership that is between the Broncos and the L.A. Rams that'll come to fruition. So as much as we can joke about L.A., uh, LA uh, Vegas and round one with the NRL going there, the Broncos are taking it seriously. Uh, this partnership with the L.A. Rams, they are there for the performance side of things, to use the facilities, to make sure there are no distractions, and it is a great way to kick off for them anyway, uh, round one into the NRL season. 13-13-55-0467-736-736. Unwritten rules 
Uh, Peach has said, never use the last of the toilet roll. Replace it. Ah, Peach, yeah, good stuff, mate. Well done. Um, this one's saying, uh, Ben, call me lost in the past, but to this day, my golden rule, never swear in front of women or children. Old school is the best school. I reckon. Well done. Keep them coming through. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Swear eight away from 11. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Oh, they've, they've got the message, mate. Don't worry. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> yeah, look, and, and it's not about sort of being, you know, super critical of them because the, the reality is you know like I said the, the, they've done really well so far and I thought off the ball we were still outstanding today you know elite but there's no doubt you know and there'll be plenty of vision for me to show them with that second half where we just didn't play the football we want to and as I said the, <clears throat> I've been around long enough to know the game will will bring you down pretty quickly if you if you go away from those kind of principles now you know, the ideal in, in the football world is you want to learn, learn these messages um, and learn these lessons while you're winning rather than, than, than through defeat. But just because we won doesn't mean that you should escape you know, the opportunity to improve. And you know, that's what exists for us now. Yeah, here we go. Ange Postacoglu, the dulcet tones of the Aussie coach from Tottenham. Now, you would think by that that they did lose, except for the fact he said even though with the win. That's right, 2-0 win. Undefeated in the Premier League, breaking all types of records, Ange Postacoglu. After nine games undefeated, 23 points on the Premier League ladder. That's right, Tottenham fly to the top with that 2-0 win over Fulham this morning. Ange Postacoglu and his... He makes me want to watch and listen to the EPL. It's been a long time between drinks for me. I'm talking back to the days of Manchester United and Skulls and and, uh, and uh, um, the great Dane, Schmeichel in goals. Yes, exactly. And the beauty is EPL on SEM. We've got Chelsea and Brentford from 9.30 Saturday night. Arsenal and Sheffield United and the Wolves and Newcastle Sunday morning as well. But Ange Postacoglu doing great things in the EPL. Just recapping that score this morning, 2-0. Tottenham over Fulham. All right. Um, I'm looking for the quiz questions because I've got to give you another clue before the before the lead-in question. Hmm. What have I done with it? This is no good. If I've if I've lost if I've lost the quiz questions, where are we going to be when it comes to the quiz? Okay. I know the lead-in question. I'll give that to you. Actually, what time is it? Yeah, we've got a minute to go. All right. Um, while I do that, while I find my piece of paper with the questions on it, we are doing it this morning, all thanks to Macca's proud sponsors of the legend supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. All right, the quiz. One of the answers you will need to know. I just mentioned it. Mm, Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, all right. But the question you need is the get-in question. Who is the leading run scorer in Sheffield Shield this summer? 13, 13, 55. That's the number you need. You know how it works. The first five callers through get a second bite. Yes, and speaking of bites, Waterloo Bay Hotel, dinner or drinks on us. It's the ultimate venue for celebrations, corporate events. Your chance to win. Jump on the line now. 13, 13, 55. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Gonna burn your name 
breaking news in the world of supercars. We'll get to that this hour. More of your text messages on unwritten rules in life uh, and also illicit drugs. What should happen to those athletes who are caught using illicit drugs? What punishment should and would you dish out? But before we do that, let's do this. <laughs> Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. 13-13-55, the board has lit up. But again, you know the rules. If you're one of the first five callers through, you do get a second bite at the cherry because I know the strategy behind this. That's right, you save your run till late and then you swoop in. That's fine, but we need to get everyone off the mark, and we're going to do that right now. Lucas is out of Gilberton. Lucas, very good morning to you. G'day. How you doing? Mate, I'm well. Um, you'll be doing a lot better if you can tell me question number one. Who's the leading run scorer in Shield cricket this summer? Uh, that'd be Michael Nasser. Yes. We had him on the program earlier. Did you hear the interview? Yeah, I did. Yeah, he's, he's quite impressive. His, <laughs> his form. He, his form, exactly. And the fact that he can fly a plane as well, too. Outstanding stuff. All right, question number two. This is going to be down in your part of the world. Who leads the Supercars Championship coming into this weekend's GC500? Oh, that, that, is it Van Gisbergen? No, it's not SVG. It's not SVG. Lucas, you know what? You were the first caller through, so we know the top five. Do get a second bite. Just call back. And let's see. That's if Ash, who's up at Noosa on the sunny coast, doesn't sweep it through. Ash, good morning to you. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm very well. Do you know your supercars? I know a fair bit. I is it Brody Kostecki? It is Brody Kostecki. Well done. Leading the championship coming into the GC 500. Um, all right, cricket. Let's turn our attention to the World Cup. Who does Australia play next? Is it the Netherlands? It is indeed. Yes. Tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be catching up. Actually, I'll be catching up with Carl Rackerman tomorrow on this. Uh, a man who's coached Zimbabwe, so he knows what it's like to coach a minnow, a side, and how they do lift against the big ones. So it'll be interesting take from Big Mocker on that. We'll do that tomorrow. All right. Question number four, Ash. Uh, who will the Kangaroos play in the final of the Pacific Championship next weekend? Not this weekend, but next weekend. Who will they play in the final? That'll be New Zealand. It is. They play in the Missy Grand as well, but we also wanted to find out in the final. Question number five. Who was the Aussie golfer who won the BMW Ladies Championship in Korea over the weekend? Min Woo Lee. Oh, 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 very close. Very. Oh, actually, no, I shouldn't give a clue like that, should I? But don't worry, Ash, you get a second bite at the cherry. As we know, you do get a second chance. John, good morning to you. Morning, Ben. How are you? Uh, all the better from hearing from you, mate. All right, question number five. Which Aussie golfer won the BMW Ladies Championship in Korea over the weekend? I'd say it'd be Minji Lee. Minji Lee, that's right. Min Brother Minji, well done. Uh, question number six. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know this one. Which team sits atop the English Premier League ladder? 
<laughs> I'm not good on EPL, Ben. Um, let's say Tottenham. You'd say correct. Well done, Ange Postacoglu. Oh. Yeah, the, they beat Fulham this morning, which is brilliant. 2-0, they stay and remain unbeaten uh, over nine games. So Ange is uh, absolutely slaying it in the Premier League. What question are we up to? Oh, question number seven. Here we go. Oh, if you were listening in the last 20 minutes, you've got this. Uh, Broncos' Kurt Capewell, Jesse Arthurs, and assistant coach Matt Ballon. They've just toured which NFL franchise? They did this in the last 24 hours. I wasn't listening. Um, <laughs> Denver Broncos. Oh, it's not a bad stab. Not a bad stab, but it's not correct. John, you do get a second bite at this. All right. I love it how the callers drop off when someone starts to get a roll, but then all of a sudden they bomb out, uh, which is why we've got Lucas back on the line. Lucas, uh, yeah. second bite at this. All right. Uh, Kurt Capewell, Jesse Arthurs, Matt Ballum from the Broncos. They have toured which NFL franchise? Uh, LA Rams. LA Rams indeed. All right, that was question number seven. You've only got three to go. Question okay. number eight. What sport do you associate the name Rocco Zikarski? Oh, Rocco Zikarski. Um, uh, is it horse racing? Oh, no, Lucas, it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, you'll be kicking yourself when you hear this too. Uh, let me see. They're all flying in now. See, we're getting to question eight and bang, they swoop in. Uh, but Ash... You get a second bite at this, which is good. Uh, question number eight. What sport do you associate the name Rocco Zukarski? That's the big popper from the Bullets, isn't it? It's basketball. Is, it is the big unit. Seven foot a thousand. He is 17 years of age too. Uh, question number nine. Some call it the penultimate question. Or well, that word I was just trying to spit out and say. Um, well, this one will test you. Or maybe not. Name the coach of the PNG National Rugby League team. Who's the Kummels coach? Uh, it's not Justin Holbrook, is it? It is Justin Holbrook. Well done, Ash, on fire. Here we go. Question number 10. And we always leave the hardest one to love. Well, I think we do anyway. What is the nickname of Brisbane's team in the Hockey One Championship? The Brisbane Hockey Team. They're known as? I've got no idea. Take a stab, Ash. Uh, is it field or ice hockey? Oh, no, no, field hockey. Field hockey? Oh. Is that pineapple? Is it? <laughs> It's not the it's not the pineapples. I like, I like where you're thinking there, though. I like where you're going, um, Ash. You've given it a great shot. Uh, let me have a look. <laughs> From pineapples to Mango Hill, Greg. Good, good morning to you. <laughs> um, there you go, mate. Oh, mate. There what you about go. you? I'm well, and you'll be doing even better if you can name me Brisbane's hockey team in the Hockey One Championship. Is it the Blaze? It is the blaze. What about that? This is what we love about the last man standing quiz. One question and you could sweep it all just as you've done. Greg, congratulations. The Brisbane blaze indeed. And, and 
We will be chatting to one of the Blaze players coming up very shortly. Uh, they've got a big test this weekend at home uh, against Tassie. Oh, Queensland playing Tassie in the cricket and also in the hockey as well. Greg, outstanding stuff, mate. I'm going to put you back to the Hoff. He's going to get your details. The Waterloo Bay Hotel. Dinner or drinks on us. It's your choice. It's the ultimate venue for celebrations, corporate events and unforgettable memories. You can check it out online. Waterloo Bay Hotel. Dot com dot au. Uh, 13, 13, 55. What we're going to do is hit the reset button now. Yep, good. We've done that. Reset from a competition line back to the open line. Uh, your texts are coming through too. Wide and varied today. We're talking about illicit drugs. What should happen to those who are busted, athletes-wise, with illicit drugs, using illicit drugs? Because right now they're getting slapped on the wrist with a feather bar rather than a hammer. And to me, that doesn't seem fair. It was 17 years ago that Wendell Saylor got caught on match day with cocaine in his system. And he served two years. That was a world suspension. Two years, could not play professional sport. And what's happened since? We've been going backwards. Players get caught not necessarily test positive, but get caught using or in possession of, and they get a slap on the wrist. Two games here, $5,000 fine there, and then what? Well, they're back playing. And that's okay, is it? It's not. Surely not. What type of message does that send? And especially when you look at someone like Peter Bowl or Shana Jack, their lives have been ruined by tests that have come back positive and then proven, in Peter Bowles' case, not to have been a positive. And Shana Jack's case, the, the amount of prohibitive substance in her system, well, it couldn't even be called performance enhancing. Yet they've had to go through hell, and yet those who have admitted using an illicit substance in other sports get to play on. How's that fair? And what type of message does that send? So if you're in charge, what should the punishment be? I say minimum two years. Maybe that's not harsh enough. Maybe it's too harsh. There's got to be a deterrent, right? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Quarter past 11 here on SENQ, your new home of sport in Queensland. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, zero four, six, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Topic of conversation today, or one of many, is illicit drugs in sport. If you are busted with them, what should be the penalty? Because right now it's not much. A fantastic chat with Dr. Peter Larkins last hour. If you missed it, head to Spotify, iTunes, download the podcast, download the show. Uh, he explains all uh, what we are facing as far as bans, why they are not adequate enough, what type of message it sends. But is it just a snapshot of society? Wayne Bennett always said that sport is just a snapshot of society. And 
really those who are using illicit drugs, even though it's illegal, even though it's a crime, they're just escaping with a slap on the wrist in society. But we know sport doesn't always mirror society, especially with the penalties handed down. But the penalties, in my view, are just not ones that fit the crime. 13, 13, 55, 0, Raise it. Thank you for your text. He said, recently as an owner of a horse, I got beaten by one that tested positive to cocaine. A horse and cocaine. Uh, the horse got a DQ. Its owners lost 13000 in prize money. I gained $150 in prize money. And the trainer got a $4,000 fine. The trainer wins, I guess. Does he? Hmm, I don't know. Uh, 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. News out this morning from the Matildas camp. They're going to sign off what has been a memorable, a watershed year in 2023. Uh, they have confirmed two internationals against reigning Olympic gold medalist Canada. They'll be doing that in December over in the, uh, in the country of maple leaves in Victoria and Vancouver. But first up, we know that they are playing in Perth. This weekend, they play a run. Oh, this weekend. It's actually Thursday night, isn't it? They play a run in Perth this Thursday night. Emily Van Egmont is over there. I'm happy for Sam to be able to come home for once. Every single time we come to Australia, it's usually in Sydney or Melbourne or on the East Coast. So to be able to have games here, um, obviously for, for Perth to be able to come out and support us and, and to support our captain, Sam, who's uh, homegrown talent here, I think is great. Um, and yeah, it is. It's a big, it's a big testament to her and, and what she's achieved. And um, you know, being a teammate and being able to play alongside her is is amazing. Every single time we get the opportunity. Yeah, she makes a good point, doesn't it? When the Matildas do come out, they've been spending a lot of time on the East Coast, so it will be a great homecoming for Sam Kerr after the year it's been. After a couple of years, it's been uh, for Sam with uh, Chelsea and now the Matildas as well. Uh, MEGT, helping women kick their career goals in the trade industry. We know the Matildas are hoping to kick plenty of goals uh, in that series over in Perth. Uh, speaking of goals, the Diamonds, they've done wonders in the Constellation Cup with their goals because it was goal aggregate that they got across the line against New Zealand. They won the first two tests at home, our girls, but then crossed the ditch, weren't able to get wins in New Zealand. That's the hoodoo that remains. But they did retain the Constellation Cup on aggregate 14 goals. So the series tied two all. Uh, what was in yesterday? That's right, in Auckland, it was a three-goal difference. The Silver Ferns getting up 53-250. So they can't crack it for a win in New Zealand. That's a hoodoo that has been on the cards for a number of years now. I think it was 2018, the last time they won in New Zealand. Uh, but they've got to shed that. Um, even though they do bring the Constellation Cup back across the ditch, they are flying straight into a series against South Africa. Three matches. That starts in Cairns uh, this week as well. And if we haven't, speaking of Cairns, there we go. There's the segue flying into this. Um, Cairns-based Kayla George has won a WNBA title with the Las Vegas Aces. They beat New York, New York Liberty game four of the WNBA finals. It was the end of last week. They win the series 3-1. But right now, Kayla and her teammates are on a parade through Vegas to celebrate that WNBA championship. Now, Kayla was thrown into the starting five when the Aces had several Injuries. She played 30 minutes, scored 11 points in the title clincher. She's absolutely stoked about it, as you can imagine. It's it's pretty surreal, um, and I guess for me, because um, the, the magnitude of Game Four, 
Um, I, I just didn't let it get to me because it would have been really overwhelming if I just didn't focus on, you know, where my feet were because, you know, I, I got a bit of a bigger opportunity to start and just due, due to injury. And I just, I really had to just remain focused on just the little things and remember it's a game of basketball. I've done it many times before <laughs> and not think about Gucci Row sitting there on the sideline or what celebs are there or just be really present and be where my feet are. Gucci Row. I like how she described that. Uh, Kayla George, the Queenslander winning the WNBA title with the Las Vegas Aces. As I said, they're going on their victory lap, their victory parade uh, through the streets of Vegas. That's, that's happening right now, actually, at 11.25 this Tuesday morning. Uh, MEGT, Women in Trades, advance your workforce with female tradie power. Visit megt.com. Dot A-U. Uh, 131355 Uh This text coming through said, um, Ben, not sure if you saw Cocaine Bear in cinema. Cocaine Bear, okay. Not sure if you saw Cocaine Bear in the cinemas, but the antagonist's performance was definitely improved. Took me a while to realise it wasn't a documentary. <laughs> I didn't see it in the cinemas, no, but I, I did and have watched it. On uh, at home, uh, on Foxtel streaming it. Yeah, um, cocaine bear. I don't know what that has to do with our chat, but keep them coming through. Thirteen, thirteen, fifty-five, oh four, six, seven, seven, three, six. On unwritten rules, unwritten rules in life. Ben, you've got to ask dog owners before patting them if you can pat them. I'm assuming they're talking about the dogs rather than the owners, <laughs> but it's one of the unwritten rules in life, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that conversation stems from the spirit of cricket, which we were talking about last week, and, and we did get a text right through at the end of the show. So it was just, well, it was about this time a week ago, talking about one of the unwritten rules in life is not stealing your mate's girlfriend and not stealing from your family. So I thought there was a few other unwritten rules going around in life. We've had double dipping. We've had the mate's wave. We've had replacing the toilet paper if you use the last one. What are some of the unwritten rules in life? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, Richard has jumped on the line. He's out at Chermside. You don't want to talk about unwritten rules in life. You want to talk about the rules of life when it comes to drugs. Richard, morning. Well, Good day, Benny. How are you today? All the better from hearing from you. What's on your mind, mate? I just I don't understand this these drug policies. When you can you can rock up at a music festival and hand them over for testing, and and once they clear them, they hand them back to you. But that drug that you've handed over to the authorities to test is illegal. Yeah. Mate, that, that, that's one of the biggest conundrums in life to me. Uh, you, you're basically condoning <laughs> you, you, you're condoning it, aren't you? Like. We're throwing our hands up and just saying, oh, well. So if you're out on a Saturday night and the sniffer dog comes up to you when you're queued up to head into a club and you've got a bag of cocaine on you and the Mm. copper that's got the dog arrests you and charges you for possession of a dangerous drug, aren't you entitled to go, well, if I'm at a music festival, you're handing it back to me saying, play on, mate. Richard, I, I'm with you. That that would be an argument that someone could mount. They probably have mounted. I don't know whether or not that actually cuts it. Is that almost like when the when the officer pulls you up for speeding and you go, but hang on, 
there was 27 other cars that were also doing 80 in a 60 zone. I don't know if that actually counts. I don't know whether just because someone else was doing it means that you're allowed to do it as well. Richard, thank you for the call. Yeah, beggar's belief, doesn't it? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, we, we stepped through the AFL's illicit drug policy when it comes to their strikes. Now, this is not being caught with a positive test on match day, which is, as explained by Dr. Peter Larkins, that that comes under the WADA rules. There's, there's no escaping that. Like Joel Smith has done and tested positive for the Demons, what was that, nine weeks ago, round 23, while playing Hawthorne. That's the test and the news that we got last week. Um, I think it was on Thursday that came out. Yeah. So that is an automatic stand down. That is an automatic suspension. But as Dr. Peter Larkins explained to us, that if he put his hand up and said, look, I didn't do it on match day. It wasn't to get a kick or to enhance my performance, trying to get a mark and have myself up for it. It was actually in my system from a couple of days earlier. I was at a mate's party and, yeah, I did it. Uh, it wasn't performance enhancing. That's where he can get the suspension down to three months, which is basically missing preseason, doesn't miss a game. Well, that doesn't cut it for me. If you've committed a crime, if you've used an illegal substance, then surely there's got to be bigger consequences than that. Or is sport different to society? Well, actually, obviously not, because in society we're not getting punished really enough for having or using these substances, are we? Slap on the wrist, fine, play on. Look, as far as the NRL is concerned, um, players found to be using illicit drugs have immediate access to professional support and treatment to overcome their potential effects on their health. That, that, that's the first line in their illicit drugs policy. Not about don't, not about you'll be suspended, not about this is the wrong thing to do. This is about I will give you help. It's almost down the lines of the AFL drug policy. It's about counselling rather than consequences. We've got this ass about, haven't we? Surely. Half the juice. It's not juice. It's a protein shake. Where do you find these, Sam? It's not juice, it's a protein shake. Uh, the NRL policy goes on to say a first positive test result in the player is receiving a suspended fine and they must undertake mandatory treatment programs. The player is also placed on a monitoring program which involves target testing. Players who record a second contravention, basically breaking the rules, will serve a 12-match ban. The prospect of contract termination, a fine, and further treatment and monitoring. A third offence, more severe disciplinary action. Doesn't go on to say what that would be, but more severe. Is that enough? Surely it's two years minimum, right? You, you need to wave a big stick to have as a deterrent, don't you? What would you do? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Time for a news hit with Pete. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ.
Slam and Sam's version of musical dual internationals crowded house across the ditch, across the divide. Uh, New Zealand and Australia will be catching up with the man who fits that bill very, very shortly. Just on the text line, uh, Stu out of Jimboomba, thank you for your text. He said, Benny, there's no real consequences anymore. We're too busy saying it's okay so long as you talk to a shrink. Society's problems in a nutshell. Talking about the consequences for illicit drug taking in sport. I say it's got to be a minimum two-year ban. I know that sounds harsh, but surely that's a big enough stick, a big enough deterrent to ward people off, ward athletes off doing that. Because right now, they're not. Uh, Adam's out at Morningside. The unwritten rule and pet hate is if you're not the parent, do not correct or have a crack at other people's kids. Stay away and look after your own. <laughs> Adam, fired up. There we go. Um, let me see here. Cal, morning to you. He said, Ben, Penny, ben, ben, Benny, people need to discuss plane etiquette more. Really? Plane etiquette. Don't put your seat back on short flights. Window seat gets an armrest and a wall to lean on. The middle gets two armrests and the aisle gets an armrest and a bit of extra leg room. In the immortal words of Jim Jeffries, we aren't animals, we live in a society. <laughs> Righto, Cal, he's fired up. Some of the unwritten rules to live by. 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, before we get to our next guest, just more of an update here from the supercars. This one's coming from speedcafe.com. It's just dropped here. Uh, ahead of the Gold Coast 500, the Mustangs are going to look a little bit different. You might not be able to pick them up, but they've been granted permission to run a new aero package. They were expecting this approval, and many, according to Speed Cafe, of the Mustangs have already been fitted with this, even though the approval has just come through. Now, the changes include an insert in the front fog lamps, changes to the front wheel arch, a new wider rear wing, and repositioning of the rear wing to where it was before the Townsville changes. Geez, they're tinkering and changing with the Mustang a lot to try and get some sort of parity is. But anyway, they've got these modifications coming through. It's going to remain this aero package until they do that wind tunnel testing over in North Carolina. But that's not happening until December. So hopefully we'll have some sort of movement on that when it comes to supercars for next year. All right, time now to touch base with our next guest. All thanks to JDH Hockey One League. Tickets at hockeyone.com.au. You can catch every match live and free on 7 Plus as well. I know it's going gangbusters with people streaming this right across the country. And I'm speaking to none other than Scott Boyd, who is from the Brisbane Blaze. He is one of their strikers. He plays for the Kookaburras, but also for New Zealand. How did that happen? Let's find out. Scott, very good morning to you. Hey Benny, how you going? But very well. Um, let's tap into this dual international stuff first. You made your debut for the Kookaburras, what, in 2016? But earlier this year, you got the call-up to play for NZ. How, how did that happen? Yeah, it's a bit of a funny one. Um, so I was, I was born in uh, Brisbane and grew up playing hockey in Australia my whole life. Um, but both my parents were born and raised in New Zealand and only moved over in their 20s. Um, so all through my hockey, I played um, for Australia. And then um, when I was no longer involved in the Australian program, um, yeah, I got, a, I, got, I got a call from the New Zealand coach who was um, down on some numbers for an upcoming tournament in New Zealand. And, um, yeah, gave me a bell and said, if, if I could come and have a trial, um, you know, I'd be in with a chance. And so 
I hadn't played for yeah the Kookaburra since 2016, so you only got to wait two years until you can have another crack um, for a different country if you're a citizen um, of that country. So yeah, I was able to play for New Zealand and um, yeah haven't looked back. We've we've done really well recently, and um, the last time that New Zealand beat Australia when I was actually when I was playing for Australia um, in 2016, and um, yeah we managed to beat them again just uh, a couple months ago. So yeah, it's all going quite well. All right. So okay, I'm just I'm just getting my head around this. You, how did you go with the New Zealand national anthem? Did you have to learn that, or did you already know it? Because uh, outside of hockey, you obviously can play, but there's other things to there's other things to get your head around, isn't there? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, the Maori part of the anthem was a bit tricky. Um, I did actually grow up, so all of our families in New Zealand are aunties, uncles, and grandparents. So. Um, we go over there every year for Chrissy and stuff like that. Um, so they were always pushing us to, to be Kiwis and to sing the um, New Zealand National Anthem. So I had most of it down pat. But, um, yeah, the boys still giving me a bit of stick over there for not getting the Māori pronunciations right and, and stuff like that. But it's, a, um, it's something I'm working on, that's for sure. Okay. Now, on the flip side, when after you've sung that National Anthem and you hear Advanced Australia Fair Play, when you're playing against Australia, is it hard not to sing along? Um, no, nah, you, you kind of have that moment once you've you've sung your country's national anthem that you you kind of start thinking about the game a bit and, and what you've got to do. So um, yeah, no, I've had the I've had the the national anthem sorted and that feeling after it's um, you know one like you want to go and, and rip in straight away. So um, no, I haven't had too many thoughts after after the New Zealand anthem. All right, we are speaking. We are speaking to Scott Boy. We're getting the dual international stuff out of the road first, but uh, this weekend, uh, Friday night, in fact, you've got a, a fairly big game against the the, the Tassie Tigers, don't you? There at uh, the State Hockey Centre. Yeah, that'll be a big matchup. Um, we we started the campaign with a, a big win against Adelaide, um, and then we we got smashed last week against New South. Mm. Um, they were running pretty hot, and and we probably had the measure in a few of the um, the key stat areas, but um, they were clinical in front of the net and, and ended up polishing us off. So um, we've got a point to prove in front of the home crowd this week because um, we had a wicked crowd last week. We had 1,700 people out there, which is probably or by far the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of in Brizzy. Um, and so, yeah, to, to keep that crowd coming back and to give them what they want, we probably need to step it up this week, I think. Well, mate, that, that's the thing. It sounds like the crowd's embraced it. What about players? Ho- hockey won. It's, it's been dubbed the big bash of, of hockey. Yeah, it, it's awesome. Like, the, the players love it. Um, we get to travel around and, and play in, in these great environments um, for sort of the two months a year that the, the comp runs for. Um, and it's a good format that the men's and women's teams get to play um, one after another as well, that the, the people coming out get to see two really high-quality games. Um, and, yeah, the, the teams themselves, like we have all of our um, international athletes playing from the Kookaburras. Um, and, yeah, so the quality of hockey is really good, um, you know, like just, just under that sort of international level, which is um, pretty impressive. Like Brisbane has an international game in a long time um, to be the host of and to get... You know, three hockey one games a year is um, is pretty awesome for, for the crowd and for the young kids to come and see that elite-level hockey too. Well, you're sitting fourth on the ladder at the moment. One win, uh, one loss. And, and the Tassie boys, I mean, they've got a few kookaburras, haven't they, in their in their lineup? Yeah, they've got a pretty stacked list. Um, yeah, they've probably they've got about four or five in there. Um, and they've been running hot too. So, um, yeah, we're definitely going to have to step up um, on, on Friday night and make sure that we're ready to go. Um, because, yeah, they've got some power in the net too. Like, they've got some good flickers in Jeremy Haywood. 
um, who flicks for Australia as well. So, and some midfielders that are in the um, Kookaburra squads as well. So, yeah, they've got a lot of fire, um, but so do we. Um, and we're going to try and combat that with a bit of attack ourselves. So, yeah, hopefully we can put a few on the board and, and convert some of those opportunities too. Yeah, well, it's the Blaze taking on the uh, Tassie Tigers. It's this Friday out at the State Hockey Centre. The women kick off at 6.30. The men at 8 o'clock. It is brand new uh, event, tournament championship for this year. Hockey won. It's Big Bash meets hockey. Uh, before I let you go, Scott, um, I see in your bio, if a movie was made of your life, who would play you? You've answered Adam Sandler. Are we, are we talking Billy Madison, Adam Sandler? Are we talking Grown Ups? Are we talking Happy Gilmore, Adam Sandler? Yeah, probably the Happy Gilmore, where we can all um, have a bit of a hack like the old um, <laughs> hockey hockey player goes pro golfer. Um, it's all a dream, I think, us hockey boys have. But, um, yeah, and I just think he's a funny funny fella. Um, and my wife doesn't really rate him as a, as a comedian, so I thought it ticked all the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so it's a bit like mirroring life at home, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you said it, Scott, not me, mate. We wish you all the best. Go, uh, go, storm home for uh, for uh, Brisbane in uh, hockey. One blaze against uh, the Tigers, uh, Scott Boyd, one of the strikers for the Brisbane team, which is outstanding. They're in action on Friday. JDH Hockey One League tickets at hockeyone.com.au. Spell out the word one, and of course you can catch every match live and free on Seven Plus. We're creeping up to 11.53 this Tuesday morning here on SENQ. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. All right, so after our chat on National Anthems, Sam decides to go down that path. What? Why? Oh, I don't know. It was either that or the GWS theme song, so. <laughs> national Anthem, mate. Not a, not a club anthem. National Anthem. I, I, as I was saying in the break, I, I would find that extremely hard. If, I, if I'm an Aussie and all of a sudden I'm playing for a different country, which just does my head in. I don't know how you do that, get your head around two National Anthems. But when you hear the Australian National Anthem, surely you just start singing along, right? It's just... No, okay, no, all right. Uh, are, there, are there any French Lions, lion, like players in the Lions team that are French? Because that could get very confusing when the National Anthem starts playing before a Rugby World Cup game or something. No, there's no French players in the, in the Lions, Sam. Um, wow, it's, so we're starting this with a minute to go on the show. We, we, we may continue this tomorrow because National Anthems, as far as they go, that's... Yeah. All right. Uh, look, thank you for your company over the last three hours. I, I think we may have just found a launching pad for tomorrow. If you want to be part of the frivolities, we'll be back from 9am tomorrow. Uh, Julian King uh, filling in for Smithy with the afternoon show coming up. But we'll do it again tomorrow from 9. Until then, good luck, good hunting.